Call America is a history podcast about what makes America great. I'm Carl Joseph Black, a Brooklyn native born into the cult. And I'm Lisa Charlotte, an Australian migrant who totally bought into it from afar. Each episode, we unpack the American way of life from an outsider's perspective, from the Pledge of Allegiance to American exceptionalism and more. We'll dive into the history and share our personal experiences, along with discussion of some actual cults along the way. Listen to Cult America on a Three Springs Media Network, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yo, Hat. What's up? What is poetry to you? Poetry to me is creating visuals for all the things I see in my head. Like from the moment I wake up out my bed to the second I lay down the rest is all about creating. What about you? For me, poetry is liberation. Mm, that's a good one. It's the unshackling of chains for you, those before you, and our future generations. Poetry is legacy. Thanks. The things you leave your seeds so that they can be whatever it is they want to be. This is the poetry. Welcome to the <laughs> Welcome to the Poetry Pod. Welcome to the Poetry Pod, yeah. This is uh, Stony Tony. And I am Hattress. Like, Mattress with an H, but please don't sleep on me. <laughs> don't sleep. You're going to say that every... Yeah. That's your line, bro. That's my line. It works. <laughs> it does. You ain't putting me to sleep on that one. And we are two members of the Poetry Pod, giving y'all the hottest bars, giving y'all poems for days, and breaking down these poems, and actually going into depth about why we wrote these poems in the first place. Right, get your snaps on for that real quick, yeah. Y'all not ready, yeah. Clap ready. for me though. I'm from Harlem, <laughs> yeah. Yo, shout out to Harlem, but also shout out the Yonkers. Why yo? Yeah, I, I'm a poet from Yonkers, man. I'm gonna have a lot to represent um, that speaks to the town on this one, but overall, as a collective, just for our people, I think it's important we um, we bring us out of this Great Depression. You know what I mean? Yo, speaking of Great Depression, I just want to say rest in peace to DMX, right. the OG from Y.O. Um, moment of silence for that. All right, now we back to business. Can Facts. we get an earth, earth? No. Word. Let's represent. Represent. Definitely. Thank you for that, yo. So, yo, yeah, today's poem is nothing but greatness. And literally, it's probably the best one to start off with that we could do. It's a collaboration with Hattress and myself. Um, we were working with the Movement School. Shout out to Ilona, the Movement School. Yes, she definitely had yes. a lot to do with this creative process. Um, and helping us connect it. We, um, we, we eventually um, ended up doing this poem live for Alexandria Ocasio um, and her team um, at an event in the Bronx for the yes. Green New Deal initiative, right? That was really, really dope, too. Um, we had, we, I think we had about, like, was it like 60 people in the building? It was like 60 people in like a rec room. In a rec room, in a projects. Yeah. <laughs> hood, hood. And Secret Service was there. Yeah. You remember, yo, yeah. I was nervous, but I ain't never been nervous doing a poem, but I was like, yo, these guys look scary. Yeah, huh? it was a scary, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. We was in the Bronx, right? Yeah, yeah, yo, I forgot exactly where, but... It was a dope experience, and ultimately, we submitted this poem to the Bushwick Film Festival um, back in 2020. And you know, during those pandemic times, and we've we've gone, we've come from, we've come far from that. Um, but um, we ended up getting an honorable mention. So shout out to the Bushwick Film Festival. 
Um, we appreciate you guys for showing love to the Word, to the history. Him. And shout out to the videographer too, um, our saxophone player, Hervé, um, Hervé Alexandre, um, and Reem, yo. I can't Hervé forget about Reem. Reem the GOAT. Yeah, he's right. He's definitely the GOAT. His, his, his visual is crazy. ridiculous. Crazy. Yo. You Word. gotta see it. He's from ATL. Well, he's from Brooklyn. But anyway, we're going to jump right into this. Let's get into the meat of potatoes. Um, this is this is history, y'all. Let's start it up. I wonder if they know the history. Cause it's not a mystery why they put us by the water. I wonder if you know his story. No road to glory in these tenements. From the first of immigrants to war vets, I'm perplexed how this now became our project. Where street lights lead to the way home, and you look down the hallways and see your dreams escape. From pissy lobbies to pissy lobbyists, let's be honest and speak the obvious. He belongs to city streets, like potholes screaming for a fixing. Sometimes during rush hour, his blood halts for passing pedestrians walking in wonder at what his city has to offer. Every step in our staircase is just another share. Sold through a soul in a chair who sold his soul, but we can get a meal off the stove? But if you listen close, you can hear the honking and his breaths escape with the rage of an average New Yorker. Please, Legionnaire's disease and Drew Ham's water? That's a basic need. Oh, but they got their brownstones for a dollar and a quarter back in 83. One thing he never understood, though, is how they all love his metropolitan and cringe at his ghetto. As if project stairways can also lead to heaven. As if Jesus muted his lips in brothels and saved his words only for the sanctified. Mm. The audacity. Blasphemy. I don't know if we casualties to our condition or just conditioned to be casualties. This paint is painted with the lead in the walls of every public housing unit. For every teardrop shed, it's just another paint chip peeling off. See, he knows the difference between a native and a tourist lies in the tongue, so he adds S to most nouns because we can never have enough of things like moms and pops and liberties and Kennedys and pays attention to the way greetings stretch on sidewalks like chalk. New, New York. York. City Public Housing, where his story will never make the news. So is it even history? History. History. <laughs> Yo, that's shit that shit dope. Yeah, I forgot how dope Yeah, what are you talking was, about? You killed me on that. Yo, no, I didn't. No, no, you no, didn't not, kill me on that. Listen that, what bro. you said. You said, first off, so he adds S's to most things. So he doesn't have moms and pops and Kennedys and <laughs> people don't even understand that, bro. People don't understand that. People don't get it. They're not around enough black conversation to get why there's an S after everything. They don't get that. Yo, I love that. I love the love. But yo, let's keep it real. There's lines in your shit that it's like, yo, how did you even think about that, bro? We'll get there. Let's right, start. Okay. We'll start with okay. this S's, bro. What's up? What's the essence of the S's? What is that? I know what it means, but what does it mean, Paul? You have to, our viewers are interested. So, you know how when they talk about how black people talk, they add S's to things, right? But I wanted to make it, make it feel like this is a necessity, right? Because like we don't have enough of anything. Um, so we have to make things plural. We have to, we have to add more of value to what we have because like we don't really have these things, right? So that's why I said moms, pops, 
Kennedys. Right. <laughs> Liberties. That's scarcity. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know these mean? things like, are scarce. These are right? things we don't have. Like, these are things that are not showing up for us in the community. So we need to, like, really hold on to them, even in our speech. Right? But I want to get into some of the lines that you put out there. Let me see your... Hold on, hold on, real quick. But I got I to gotta add a point to that real quick, because I think what you said was extremely, 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 like, powerful in the sense that the black culture creates what's valuable. And I think that's what's even more crazy about it. You know what I mean? Is we set the trends. We, we wear the designer clothes and make what's, what's more valuable and what's not. Um, so I think it's even dope how we could throw an S on a word and we just created a new word. And then, so that just goes to show we create like- the culture. Because we, we create, We create period. the culture, right? Right. But let's talk about these pissy lobbies and pissy lobbyists. What were you doing with that? So you said from pissy lobbies to pissy lobbyists. Right. Let's be honest and speak the obvious. Please give us a little insight on how you even came up with that line. Yo, I was literally like smelling piss inside <laughs> of a staircase. <laughs> nah, nah, for real. Like, I think, I think where that really came from is that there's this, this, um, this notion that we're frowned upon, you know, when we have our inner city communities, like our projects, and how we take care of them. And yeah, sometimes we could do a lot better, you know, we pissing in our lobbies and our elevators, and we're getting better at that. Um, but in the same token, um, from a white collar crime perspective, these lobbyists are just as pissy as the elevator that's in the projects. And they smell and have this stench about them that, um, I, I don't relate with, and I could never relate with. Um, so I was excited to be able to say that in a room full of fucking politicians, regardless if you're yeah, Democrat that, or Republican. the Republic. audacity of you, <laughs> The audacity of you. And you had lines for them. And it's like, yo, I just love to play on words, like from pissy lobbies to pissy lobbyists. Right. And it's we're talking to the same people we're in the room with right now. Right. Like, it was like, yo... Nah. Yeah. You're, you're and different. we was in the project. We was in the project. Like the whole joint is talking about pro the yeah, projects. That's crazy. I, I mean, it's it was cool to do this poem because it, we didn't realize how much it meant. Like obviously we knew on a smaller scale what it meant to us living in the projects to tell, you know, that story, you know, of um of the day to day and what that looks like. But we even learned like new things about like the Green New Deal. Yeah. And I don't know too much to kind of speak on it, but from what I do know that it, it was this bill that was created to, to retrofit all public housing in New York. And change change it. Change and, it up a little and bit. And change yeah. it to make it better because it, it's one of the biggest climate issues that we have is our projects in New York City. They need to be retrofitted. And then it was also speaking on things like Section 8 and Section 9 housing and the difference between privatization of these public buildings and what, you know, what these buildings are actually created for. I mean... I don't think it got far, though. I don't think I don't think I, I haven't heard anything yeah, on it saying. yet. I don't think yeah. it got the traction that it actually needed to actually be effective. Right. I want to go into this next line because I think this line was so important for the whole project. Um, the next line when you said every step in our staircase is just another share, sold to a soul in a chair who sold his soul, but we can't get a mill off the stove. Facts. I want you to tell us a little bit more about that because they. Their, their ability, their ability to take, their, I just, all right, so in school, we are never taught, right, who owned the Chicago Bulls. We were told Michael Jordan, right? So we look at the projects and we only see the surface level. 
right? We only see um, the one way in, one way out. We only see um, the rec center at the bottom of, uh, of the, the building. Mm -hmm. We only see um, the laundromat and nail salon that's connected along with this. But we don't see the business aspect behind it. You know, again, speaking on how they're trying to privatize these buildings. So, like, literally every step in that side, that staircase, is in comparison to a share in a profit holder's pockets. You know what I mean? And and we take those steps every fucking day, which to me meant, like, if y'all motherfuckers can make bread off this shit too, then we should Why be buying the block exactly. as well. You know what I mean? Right. Why not have right. some ownership in the steps that we take literally and figuratively? So, yeah. That was fire. Hold on, can I give him a round of applause for that, please? Thank you, brother. Please. I appreciate woo, that daily, brother. But wait, hold That's up. That's different. Hold up. That's different, bro. First off, we did the back and forth. So we did the styles and the kiss yeah, on this, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. we talked enough about kiss. Let's let's get into <laughs> styles right now. All right. You said he belongs to city streets, like potholes screaming for fixing. <laughs> Why are you ready like sometimes? <laughs> They don't get it. You were too passive. And I know that was the approach, but the aggression in these lines and the cadence in which you brought them, right? Let me finish it. Sometimes during rush hour, his blood halts for passing pedestrians, walking at wonder at what the city has to offer. Yo, you talking about gentrification. You talking about the lack of... These motherfuckers filling our potholes and I, yo, talk on it, hat, please, bro. They sleeping, man. So honestly, originally when we had the when we had the idea to do this, right, and I saw what you what you were going for, it was like, all right, since we talking about history, let's tell a one specific story, right? Like, let's tell the story of this black kid, and like, let's personify him. Let's let's make him the city, and and like when you do that. You you have more options to talk about. <laughs> so like when he belongs to city streets, like I just thought about a kid who who's like outside. We outside all the time. I grew up outside. You know what I mean? So it's like, and I always remembered how going to Forty Second Street used to be like the worst thing for me. Like I hated it. I'm from uptown. I don't. I'm not going downtown. And I used to see all of these tourists, all of these people coming to the city because they love New York City. But it's like, you don't really know what New York City is like. Not at all. Like, you ain't never been to where we from. Not at so, all. So, when I say, like, potholes itching for a fixing, like, it's nothing but potholes. And, and especially uptown, it's nothing but potholes. They're not fixing the streets. They're not, we, we paying all this money in taxes. They're not fixing nothing. Right. Until gentrification. Right. Until we have a, a white population in the neighborhood, then things start to clean up. Right. But then the property value goes up and now we got to We got to move. Yeah. Right? So, it's like, that's where I was, what I was trying to capture with that, like the frustration of being a local, almost right. Yeah, I felt that the blood halts. Yeah, like, like yo, you, you like tight. Yeah, yo. tight. It's like yo, you looking around, everybody coming here and loving here, but it's like yo, I'm I'm messed up here. Nobody's saving me. Nobody, bro. You feel me? Nobody's gonna save us. That's us. That requires us. I think our art, as you as you continue to listen to this podcast, our art will be our form of our savior. You know, that'll be us saving ourselves here on this on this show. And we hope to inspire everybody else um, to do the same thing. You know, your form of expression, your ability to uh, speak up for your people. Um, nah, that's, 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 that's very important. I feel like, I feel like what you said, like art is a healer, 
right? Like you, it, you heal through the art. Like no matter what your art is, ours just chooses to be poetry, right? But like I, I think the best thing about us collabing on this piece for a good cause is that we're able to get out the message to the people, right? And then you take that and do whatever it is. So, that you so need speaking to do. of message. Right, this fucking Jesus line. <laughs> Since we're gonna talk about messages and prophets and shit like that, because you definitely was prophesizing on this guy. That was a good segue. <laughs> One thing he never understood is how they all love his metropolitan and cringed at his ghetto. So, so they love you when you wear some chino pants, yeah. no socks, and you yeah. got the loafers on. Yeah. But dare you wear some Nike shorts? Yeah. Just elaborate a little further on that, please, bro. And then I'm gonna get into the oh, Jesus okay. line. And uh, they cringe at it. They love the Metropolitan, but cringe at his ghetto. So, like, just like how you were saying, right? Like, they love when I come through in the chinos, and they love when I when I have, you know, like the dreads already done, like <laughs> newly plaited. I'm wearing my glasses. I'm speaking in a way that's appealing to you and easy to digest. Uh, but when I'm showing other facets of myself you don't get the same reception, right? But then also, when you think about it, when tourists come into town, they love the Metropolitan. They fetishize off they that fetishize shit. fetishize it, right? They don't go to the ghetto, though. Right. They don't see how the people are actually living. So that was me playing with those two parallels a little I bit. That. I love that. And then it went straight into, and straight into, as if Project Stairways can't also lead to heaven. As if Jesus muted his lips in brothels and saved his words for the sanctified. Yo, you lost <laughs> me there. I'm usually like, I'm usually with you. Like, you know me, like, I had to run that back mad times. Mad times. There was times where we performed that, and that line would fuck me up. I would not remember my next line because I was still sitting on Jesus' like, mm. lips being muted at a brothel. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. nah, but you know, you know, the Bible says Jesus did his a lot of his work outside of places where worship was supposed to happen, right? So he would be at bars, he would be at brothels, he would be touching people, and I think that was the the point of his message and his religion. Wait a minute, so are you saying that poetry could be the gospel? Poetry is the gospel. Are bro. you saying like, that poetry could be the testament? I feel like I feel like it is, bro. Like it's not can be. It's like whatever your intent for it is, is that's what it is. So um I feel like if you have pure intentions and you have a good heart and you're trying to convey a message to people, you're doing the Lord's work or who whatever Lord you worship, right? Like you're right. doing that work. Whatever God is yeah, above you, whatever God, God you worship. You. Yeah, yeah, you're doing the work. And I think I wanted to talk about that in online because it's like, yo, bro, like we all come from the hood. Like, we come from the hood, right? right. So it's like, who says we're we not Jesus? Right. Right? Like, who who said we're not, like, you know what I mean? Not to say it like we are, but who said we can't aspire to be that? May the God above us God the God within us. Exactly. Right? So it's like, I, I wanted to give people a little bit more faith in, like, the other population. That's that crazy. Because the next show... Is ten things I hate about your God. Oh, man, you 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 alluding. <laughs> That's a literary device. If y'all didn't know, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. alluding. So was the personification <laughs> earlier too, brother. <laughs> so it's like we do this poetry thing for real. This is for our real, lifestyle. This is for our real. life. Word. Um, no, before we go into that though, I do want to talk about because you dropped some very historic facts in this poem. Which was very poignant because it's called history, right? right? So it's like you have to drop the facts. 
So when you said, please, Legionnaire's disease in Drew Ham's water, my dude, that's a basic need. But they got their brownstone for a dollar and a quarter back in 83. So there's some people here that don't understand what you're talking about, right? I want you to break down all this because I'm I'm from Harlem. Right. So you, you know just, Drew you, Ham. Yeah, you I know, know Drew Ham. Ham. <laughs> I know, like, like, listen, I want you to tell the people exactly what you're talking about, bro. Yeah, I mean, it's some fucked up shit that's been happening for, for centuries in this country, for sure. Um, and colonization happens in so many different forms in so many different ways. So, I mean, these million-dollar beautiful brownstones that's now... Um, a commodity or and now being fetishized by this white picket fence um, nuclear family um, it's just crazy that because th th these places were worth cents cents to a dollar um, and and you could have purchased they anybody could have purchased it and now be you know changed their family for generational wealth um, and that happens all the time right like they kind of just take what was already ours and... It's a cycle. It's a cycle. It's a cycle. You just have um, to peep the cycle. And I, I mean, I think what's what was messed up about this is like, I mean, I was literally hosting a Drew Hamilton summer camp when I wrote this when I wrote this poem, or well, months before. Yeah. Um, and these, these kids was dope. You know, they came up to the facility. We were able to do some, some play therapy with the kids and like to find out that they literally are having Legionnaire's disease issues inside of, you know, the the projects and not able to drink their water, not able to kind of turn on the ventilation systems inside there. It was just disheartening. It was real fucked up. Um, so I don't know how I segue from, you know, Legionnaire's disease and then, you know what I mean? Drew Ham's water. Drew Ham's water. You got your dollars in I'm pissed off, man. That was upsetting. You got kids that's literally dying, you know what I mean? And y'all literally, y'all got backyards in the middle of Harlem. Who the hell has backyards in Harlem, bro? That doesn't, it's fucked up. And it was worth a dollar. Dollar, B. That was a powerful line, bro. Like, when I heard that, that stopped me. Because I was like, damn, that touches home. Because, like, you talking about Drew Ham. Like, I literally live two blocks away from Drew Ham. Right, hooping and shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I grew up there. It's, it's like, and then when you say Legionnaire's disease, it's like, I don't know what that is, but it sounds bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't Word. know what that is. But I know it's true, right? Um, and especially when it, when you talk about the brownstone situation, like my aunts are still talking about that. Right. My aunts are mad they didn't get in for eighty cents to get the brownstone to renovate it because like people gave up on Harlem, bro. Right. People gave up on on these places of culture because what they do with most places. Because I I went to Philadelphia literally a couple of weeks ago, and I went to this art spot or whatever. And they were talking about the Philadelphia Renaissance and how the reason why people were able to buy property, and when that, when I say people, I mean white people, were able to buy property at such a low value is because the government started saying this has no value. Right. So once they started saying that, right. it actually created a low value environment. Right. Businesses started moving, things like that. So when that happens, you could just purchase property for cheap and just keep it. And that's what they do with every single hood. They yeah, say I, that and I, when, then purchase the property when and they, build it up. When they built the projects, this this was for veterans that were coming home from, from overseas. 
It wasn't. It wasn't really for our people. That was not the initiative and why they built it. You mentioned that in the poem. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. Like so to circle back and now for this to be, you know, to now see brownstones be what they are. You yeah. know what I mean in that same driven community. But it's of it's definitely of intent. That's not accidentally done. Yeah, it's it's all structured. It's too big a too big of a system. It's a system. Yeah. There's too many people that are intertwined. You know, speaking the same language. Um, all eating at the same table for this to still be an issue and still be a problem in 2021. So you killed me on that poem, by the way. No, I did not. You definitely did. No, I did not. I, I'm not gonna argue. I won't argue with you neither. No, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but like since we talking about lines, and I almost forgot about the craziest line I ever heard. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. It's the craziest line I ever heard, and I'm like, yo, how did he come up with this? You said. That's when we was doing our little back and forth, like blasphemy, the audacity. <laughs> and you come in and say, I don't know if we are casualties to our condition or just conditioned to be casualties. First of all, nigga, who made you, bro? Like, where did you come from, bro? <laughs> Yvette Cologne. <laughs> Shout out to mama. her. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to her. But I want you to dive a little deeper into that line. Like, yo, what do you mean? And then how did you even formulate that where did it come from i don't know if we're casualties to our condition or just conditioned to, be, to casualties. be casualties yeah fuck for real i mean like sometimes i wish i was ignorant as fuck right like being woke is a fucking everyday experience and people don't understand like your happiest moments are usually when you hide drunk or if you wake up in the morning but as soon as your fucking feet touch earth and you kind of begin to walk and you see the ignorance that we have that that our people serve um it, it it becomes bothersome because it feels involuntary. It doesn't feel like that they have an option or a choice sometimes. I mean, they do, right? They're waiting in line for this new iPhone and they wait, but, or they're waiting in line for public assistance and, yo, no shade to public assistance. I don't want to get in trouble with the IRS, but who's not manipulating public assistance? But in the same token, these folks are not busting their ass to put themselves in positions to wait in other lines. You know what I mean? And, and sometimes, like, we can't even blame our people, right? Because it's designed this way. It's designed for slavery 2.0, modern day slavery. Look at what they put in our, our, our mouths and how they feed us, what's available to us. It's gun store, liquor store, gun store, liquor store, gun store, liquor store. Shout out to Dave Chappelle. You know, he said that best, we'll bro. Out, yeah. yeah, like, it, it, it's what can we do? What can we do? We wake up and we go outside, we have a smile on our face, and then we take my metro transportation. And we got to deal with not not having the money to, to to be able to pay to pay to pay the fare, and then mm -hmm. we have to train, and now we and call them bookings for, for thing. Like this is the everyday cycle that people can't get out. Yo, you know what I come really home, like about jail, this line, home, though, bro? You know what I really like, bro? Because like even you explaining it, like saying casualties to our condition or condition to be casualties, like it's it's being honest about the situation, but it's also taking a little accountability right 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 like, it's like yo we might be a little fucked up yes 300 fucking years of you know trauma who wouldn't be fucked we up. might be a little fucked up right we have shit we we need to change right, right. but then it's also saying like yo this system is fucked up uh -huh. so it's like the duality of that like made that line so crazy to yeah because it's like because we went to shitty schools right i went to a shitty school i went to a good school also right um my good school wasn't because i had a good principal and my shitty school wasn't because i had a bad teacher so you cannot blame yeah this I get what you're first layer of the onion you know it's what I mean? Deep. When there's so deeper much deeper layers yeah, to this deep shit. Deep if homie was able to get up and get a juice, 
you know, instead of a beef patty with cheese in the morning, maybe that would make the slight difference in his day. And Just his that decision. Yeah. When he get on the train, now he's not Aggie. What if homie was able to get more resources where he don't have to pay? Why don't we fucking take public transportation? We shouldn't have to pay for that. That's a social service. We pay taxes. Why the fuck do we pay to get on the train? You know, I got a whole poem on that talking about subway. Nah, like, it's, yeah, yeah, that's your fire. Come on, man. That's like, your fire. This shit is, is, is designed, bro. I never it's actually thought up. about it like that either, too, bro. Like, where streetlights lead to the way home, and you look down the hallway to see your dreams escape. Yeah, this line created a lot of the visuals that yeah, we, that was, we that did for the video. Yeah. It, it helped us like decide, like, all right, what kind of angle we want to take. And it's this warped world of the projects, right? Um, and even in even in the video, we have, for that line specifically, this um, motion with the camera in which we're going through some circular, circular, it feels like a vacuum. You're being pulled through the, through the, the hallway of the project. You know why I love you, bro? Because when I wrote that line and then saw the visual, the visual was exactly what I saw in my head when I wrote the line, right? Cause it's right. like, it was a literally a, a project hallway is a long as fuck, bro. Right. They, they go on forever, right. you know what I'm saying? So it's like, imagine coming out of your house on, on the end and it's like, damn, I have to tackle my day. And it's like, I have so far to go and it just feels depressing. It right. feels like I can't do this. So it's like, with street lights lead to the way home, cause like, you know what I mean, we always outside. We gotta go home. Right. You know what I mean? Especially when the street lights. You feel me? Like it's work. time. You gotta go. Yeah. Um, but then you look down the hallway and and everything that you dreamt of the night before, every all the goals, all the everything, like it's just leaving. Yeah, back to back the drawing board to or reality. oh, he was old school. <laughs> Yo, Yo, but like that's no. really what it's like, bro. And and I just I'm just happy that that visual was able to get that right, like because that that's not that don't happen all the time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it was fun, man. I mean, being able to step into a new lane of of art and kind of I mean, poems already have visuals. That's what they do. They create visions inside people's heads. Um, but to be able to make a movie about it, it was cool. We we were able to get together Hervé. That's uh, really what it was. It was a movie. It was a bro. movie. It was a movie. It was it was a youth, a black youth who was basically living his everyday where you got mold on the walls. Um, you have to get up and go to school and still be this productive black man um, in a society that really doesn't appreciate you nowhere near as it should. Um, and in the visual, shout out to Reem again, our videographer. By Mind you, we won a fucking film festival with a $500 budget. This film looks like it's thousands of dollars, yeah. So, um, yeah, definitely got to check out the video. Um, we're going to be releasing it as soon as this podcast is dropped on YouTube. Um, so take some time to dive into it. Um, there's, some, there's some visuals on there. Um, that I don't even know how Reem was able to kind of help put together. Let's talk about how this came about, right? So, like, let me tell y'all how dope Tony is. So, we didn't have a film reel for it at all until the day of. I think you came over to my crib early in the morning. 6.30 with her in the morning. 6.30 in the morning. That's how much we're dedicated. On a Sunday. On a Sunday. <laughs> outside. On a snow day. In a snowstorm. In storm. the snow. It was a snowstorm that day, right? So 
we trying to figure out what can we do. So while we while we drafting the visual boards, we're like, okay, my girl works for a school. We can get into the school. I say, yo, babe, you got the keys? She was like, yeah, they, they'll open the door for me. Let's, I'm like, yo, let's go to the school. So we shoot scenes in the school. Mind you, I had another shoot I had to do later on in the day. So we had to take care of, like, I wasn't with them for all of the scenes. So it's like I was I was with y'all for the school scene. We had to shoot your scenes first. Yeah, yeah. Just, just my scenes, like the school scene, outside for a little bit. You was on a pull-up bar, like right. real gangster shit. <laughs> and then um, what was the last scene we did? Yo, the best scene was the pro- when, the the hallways in the project on one fifty fifth. Nah, the best scene to me had was when we had her vase brother Marcus walking in the middle of the street and I in wasn't Harlem even at one twenty fifth. Yo, I'm talking about it looked like a Gap commercial. Yeah, it the looked crazy. The snow was going through his face. He's walking on a yellow line in the middle of 125th. I mean, I know y'all see that all the time with the crackheads and the dopeheads and shit like that. <laughs> but this was this was like art, yo. This was art. And, and it I'm was, mad I wasn't there for that, bro. It was the best scene. And then Hervé opening up the video in a snowstorm, throwing his sacks up in the air. Yeah. Like, not, not physically. He wouldn't but do that. But he's, he's, he's the using notes, the sacks. He was yeah. killing the notes mm-hmm. in a snowstorm. I don't think y'all understand what it is to be a musician. It'd be freezing temperatures outside and you're holding on to a brass instrument. Yo, it was cold as shit. You understand what I'm saying? Like, and I, 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 w- I had two more shoots after that. So it's like, I hated all of y'all that day. I promise you. I yo, did. it was cold. The socks was wet. <laughs> I was like, yo, this is Yo, crazy. we walked the whole Harlem. We took two Ubers and walked the whole Harlem. Mm-hmm. We was on a real tight budget then. Thank God for where we at now, yo. I, I, I truly appreciate you for even involving me in that, bro. Yo, like, and then we won dope, a film bro. festival, B. Like, that's bug. That's our first video together. That speaks to a lot to what's to come, yeah. Y'all better stay tuned with the Poetry Pod. And definitely check out that vid. So speaking of the video process that we had, right? Like when we were talking about just how it came about. What y'all are about to hear right now is the end result. Like we had a saxophonist, Hervé the God, um, come through and do his thing. And then while, while we're splitting our poems, we're spinning our poems back to back with the saxophonist. It just creates a whole vibe. Harmony versus melody versus... Exactly. Yeah. And then the visuals tie every metaphor in right like and that was the dope thing about that too the visuals just it's crazy so i can't wait for them to see that yo prepare for this immersive feel y'all i hope y'all enjoy this this is history by hattress with an h not an m don't sleep on them stony tony why yo and my man herve i hope y'all enjoy man I wonder if they know his story No road to glory in these tenements From the first of immigrants to war vets I'm perplexed how this now became our project Where street lights lead to the way home And you look down the hallways to see your dreams escape From pissy lobbies to pissy lobbyists Let's be honest and speak the obvious He belongs to city streets like potholes itching for a fixing. Sometimes during rush hour, you can hear his blood halting for passing pedestrians, walking in wonder at what the city has to offer. Every step in our staircase is just another share. Sold through a soul in a chair who sold his soul, but we can't get a meal off the stove. But if you listen close, 
You can hear the honking and his breath escape with the rage of an average New Yorker. Please, Legionnaire's disease in Drew Ham's water? That's a basic need. Oh, but they got their brownstones for a dollar and a quarter back in 83. One thing he never understood is how they all love his metropolitan and cringe at his ghetto. As if Project Stairways can't also lead to heaven. As if Jesus muted his lips and brothels and saved his words only for the sanctified. Mm. The audacity. Blasphemy. I don't know if we casualties to our condition or just conditioned to be casualties. This pain is painted with the lead in every public housing unit. With every teardrop shed. Is this another paint chip peeling off? See, he knows the difference between a native and a Taurus. It must lie in the tongue. So he adds S to most nouns because we can never have enough of things like moms and pops and liberties and Kennedys and pays attention to the way greetings scratch on sidewalks like chalk. New York, city public housing. Where his story will never make the news. So is it even history? History, history, history. <laughs>